Hello, everyone. I'm recording this on the day I'm posting. I just like to kind of give a timestamp at this point because maybe one day I'll go back and see what my best intros were. And maybe they were in the morning on a Wednesday or maybe they were a Tuesday night or a Sunday. I have no idea. But it's interesting how every week I've been trying to do things in a more organized way, kind of along the lines of my job as a project manager. But instead, I just keep (laughs) doing them whenever I can. Uh, Speaking of work, I just started actually a new role in marketing. So it's definitely imposter syndrome time for real now because I don't have my old role to hide in anymore. I, I have to do my new role. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm excited. I think I have a lot to do and to say and a lot of ways to grow, but it's also really scary to start a new job. Um, and to start kind of a new career path. I don't know if anyone's gone through that lately, but I know there's been a lot of change with just things happening in general. And so for me, that's a big change. Speaking of change, my guest this week is someone that I met, and we'll talk about it, but through this program that I'm in right now, school is starting. School is starting this week. So I had summer off, and for the first time in a very, very long time, It's fall and I'm going back to school. I have four more classes left in my credential. I have no idea how I'm going to have time to do this in the next like 12 or actually it's probably about 14 weeks that that I'll be in school while I'm doing everything else. But we'll see. I know I'll take a week or so off of the podcast pretty soon because we're at episode 19 of this season and I was going to do 20 a season and stop for a week. So that's what I'll be doing so you can catch up and I can catch up on some things. But my guest is cool because she's gone from a career to being a stay-at-home mom to founding her own business and now to making another change. And I think that what I like about our chat and what I liked about having her as a guest was just showing that that's what you can do. And we do refer to like even an old episode of this podcast because I still, I think Travis Nass, who I interviewed in the summer, earlier in the summer, earlier in the year, really still has impacted me the most, at least recently of my guests, as far as just really instilling in me, like we need to fight for something by doing something. I think that that really instilled a lot in me. And I was glad that we got to chat a little bit about him too. And I like callbacks. In my comedy, I like to do callbacks and I guess I like to do them on the podcast because I'm constantly learning so much. And I hope you are too by listening, but I think that's what I'll leave it to today. So enjoy the episode. Um, You know, like, follow, subscribe, (laughs) etc. Whatever you need to do to make sure you're getting these every week. And also it will help me with ratings. And then if you have an episode you like, please share it with a friend. I'd love to have more people listening. I'm kind of doing this podcast partly for me, but partly to help others. I I really think that if you hear the right stories or hear different stories, it can enhance how you live your life. And it certainly is doing that for me. So have a great rest of the week whenever you're listening to this.
Welcome to More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self-worth is defined by more than your job title. I'm Rabia, an IT project manager, comedian, nonprofit volunteer, and sometimes activist. Every week, I'll chat with a guest about pursuing passions outside of work or creating meaningful opportunities inside the workplace. As you listen, I hope you'll be inspired to do the same. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone. I have another fellow former classmate of mine, but we're actually still currently in school together as far as our overall education goes. This time, it's not from my high school, though. It's from the Harvard Kennedy School Public Leadership Credential Program. We met there over like the discussion board in the group and have stayed in touch. And I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. She's become a fan of the podcast, and now she's going to be a guest so she can listen to herself. Don DaCosta, CEO and owner of Tech Savvy and Community Activist. Hello. So nice hey. to be here. I'm so excited to be here and talking with you today. Yeah, thanks for being here. So you just want to introduce yourself a little bit about maybe where you're at in the world. <laughs> oh, where am I at in the world? So as you said, we met through school through this PLC program on a discussion board. School is new for me. I am back at school. During the pandemic, we had as most people did, lots of time to think about where we were in life. And I had a little bit of a life quake and evaluation. And I decided after many decades of not being in school to go back and it scared me tremendously Mm -hmm. at first. And now I'm loving it. But just to back up a little bit, you know, you and I chatted about my journey. I was for about 15 years a stay-at-home mom. I had the luxury of raising my kids here in Connecticut and married to my college sweetheart. And we were raising the kids. And when they were in high school, I took a job working at Apple in one of their retail stores. And eventually those the retail hours were just not working with the kids and their sports schedule. So many people were saying, you're really good at teaching us how to, you know, use these devices. Can I, can I, use you? Can I call you? And I created a company called Tech Savvy. And I've been doing that for eight years. And it was great before the pandemic. I was teaching at libraries and assisted living facilities and small helping small businesses with social media. And then, like everybody, when the lockdown happened, we were all stuck at home. And I was kind of freaking out, like, oh, my God, how do we how do I move forward? And I pivoted just like everybody else did. And I learned how to use Zoom. And I had my most successful year ever with Hmm. teaching classes online. And it was great. But again, it terrified me. I felt really good about connecting with people. And it was a scary situation when we were all in our homes, but it was a way for us to keep learning and keeping connected. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think it's it's cool that you kind of became your own genius bar, really. <laughs> That's what you did, you know. <laughs> well, still get carried away. There's no genius <laughs> over here. But it was it was great. I, I I know I helped a lot of people and you know, after my sessions, everybody was really grateful. And in the very beginning when I started teaching via Zoom, I was nervous that I you know, I didn't feel like worthy enough to charge because I I was an in-person teacher. So I actually reached out to friends and family, uh, a few of who were teachers, you know, high school teachers. 
and they helped me work out the kinks. And, and I just asked them if they enjoyed it, if they would donate, not to me, but to a local organization that was doing good things for the pandemic. So that was really great. Once I got my my sea legs, as they say, I, you know, went out to my clients and said, hey, I'm ready to do this virtually. Great. Yeah. And that's a big pivot a lot of people had to make for sure. And so you mentioned already about donating and I think activism is a big thing for you. So I want to go way back. No, I shouldn't have said it like that. I want to go back (laughs) further, (laughs) back a little further and just kind of talk to you about how you got into activism. Cause I know when you were a stay at home mom, you were also doing things, but even before that you, as a kid, you have a story about your experiences as being a, a younger girl wanting to play baseball, which is a boy's sport and just kind of how that impacted you going forward. So can you t- talk about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I grew up um, in the suburbs of Long Island. It was a great place to grow up. It was one of those neighborhoods that you got on your bike and you were gone all day. And, you know, there were no cell phones and you just showed up for dinner. So it was really kind of a a great place to grow up. And I actually grew up on a little cul-de-sac and they were all boys in my neighborhood. I was the only girl. So we played baseball and football and, you know, traditional boy sports So I turned 12 and I said to my mom, I want to play baseball. And she's like, okay. And she went to sign me up and they said, no, she's not allowed to play. She has to play softball. And I said, I don't want to play with girls. I've been playing with boys the whole time. And it was the first time in my life that I was like, what do you mean I can't do this? Because I'm just who I am. Like I'm just Mm -hmm. as good, if not better at the time. (laughs) Some of these boys... And, you know, my mother was great and said, no, like, there's a law in place and she is allowed to play. And begrudgingly, they let me play and I had a blast. And to this day, I support an organization called Baseball for All. And they are Mm. trying desperately to get a woman in the major leagues. It's It's going to happen. So, yeah, but it was my first time that in equity, I was like, wait, what do you mean? I, I could play baseball. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me I can't. So I think that, you know, a lot of the, your story kind of, you, you find out your purpose by what happens to you in life. And that just never sat right with me. So anytime I saw, you know, inequality or injustice, I was like, yeah, I think that triggers me yeah. when I see it. Because I just, I, it, I literally didn't understand what the problem was. And I still don't to this day. Yeah, it's true. Do you, I mean, do you remember at all any reaction from the boys or if there was any? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Boys, parents, you know. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you want to play with the boys? You know, why don't you want, why? I wasn't exactly a girly girl. I wanted to hang with the boys. I just, it's what I knew. It's not mm-hmm. like I, to me, it was just so natural to just hang out with, with guys yeah. And uh, yeah, parents, parents gave me sideways looks. I, I got crap in school and, yeah. and I just had to leave it on the field. Cause when I hit a home run or did a good play, it kind of, you know, shuts people up to say, Oh, she's good enough to be here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, you just work harder to prove that you. And nothing's belong. changed. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 
nothing has changed really. It's the incredible thing about it. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So that's how my activism started. I believe Mm -hmm. that was the first time I, and I didn't know what feminism was. I didn't know what any thing was. I just, I was just a kid who wanted to play baseball. Yeah. So then were you kind of less active until you became a parent yourself or did, were there things during school and stuff that you were I high school I was kind of blissfully ignorant. I was just kind of getting through high school looking forward to going to college. College is really where things started opening up, you know, the real world started happening. But mm-hmm. I don't think my activism actually started until I had kids. I have to mm-hmm. say that I think I was always, you know, aware of things and I always voted that was one of the things that was very important to me, you know, before I had kids. But then once I had my kids and we, you know, moved to Connecticut, there were just stuff in town that I would be feeling passionate about projects mm-hmm. and, and parks that needed to be open and budgets that needed to be passed. And that's where it started. I think even, well, and you had the example of your mom kind of going, I was going to say going to bat for you, but I didn't want to <laughs> do the pun. But it happened, you know? You did go to yeah. bat for me. Your mom did go to bat for you. And so then you had that example that you were kind of setting to for your kids, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. You did all that during the time that you were stay at home. Was there anything that you are still doing today that you were supporting during that time? Or have you kind of moved on to other things now? No, there's nothing. I mean, I've had conversations with the first selectmen in town on certain things. Mm-hmm. I actually, if there's a, you know, a candidate running, I have spoken to different candidates about some ideas that I have, but it's time to move to bigger stages. I, I mm-hmm. think after, after doing some of the other stuff that I've worked on as much as I mean, I love Brookfield. I think it's a great place to live, but after having this time to do something different, I'm feeling like a more global pull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I'm really proud of all the things that I've done here in town. I mean, it's 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 a great place to live. And I know when I move away, I, I, I feel good. Like, okay, I, I did some good work here, but mm-hmm. there's more work to be done. Yeah, no, totally. And I know I grew up in a small town in California and I went back for a little while and I've left again, but there are people there working really hard to make changes and changes that were needed when I was a kid and they're still needed. And it's just changes incredibly slow. It feels fast to people when they feel like they're losing something as we've learned. Right. But for us, we haven't lost anything. We're, We're still trying to get or trying to get for others. And I think that that's where it's interesting how, it's so slow. So I look at my hometown and I see like 30, well, yeah, 30 years later, 25 years later, there's still the same issues that were there before. They're maybe a little bit bigger now in a way. And that was one of the frustrating things that I was talking about. And when we were talking about it in class is how could this be sped up with technology? What can we Mm -hmm. do with nudges to move Mm -hmm. the process forward because at this point, you know, you and I just talked about how women are still fighting some of the same things, you know, 50 years ago and racial injustice in the United States. It's like, 
Come on, people. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. Because what I think is interesting is you had a skill set that you became aware of that you might not have been aware of before. And then you decided to build your own business because there's probably people listening who are in a similar boat and they're trying to figure out what to do next. So how was that whole process for you, I guess? It was, I was building the plane as I was flying it. I Mm -hmm. knew that I had this skill set, but I had to create all of my content. So I took whatever I learned at Apple. I had this way of doing things and Apple is to this day. I love Apple. It's a phenomenal company. I learned a tremendous amount. But as you you know, being an entrepreneur is totally different. So you are everything. You do the marketing, you're doing your outreach, you're creating your content, you are Mm -hmm. advertising. So I just kind of put on my business hat and tried to think in different realms and did it. You know, it's like I didn't, there were times that I'm like, okay, I need QuickBooks. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just going to do an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I did some heavy marketing in the beginning. And then once I got name brand recognition, I stopped and I dabbled with Facebook ads. And, you know, you try different things. Mm -hmm. Some things worked and some didn't. Yeah. But the great thing is my business was really there was there's a huge need for this. Anybody who has a mom or a grandma that they try to walk them through turning on or finding an app or pressing the home button, you know, it's, it's painful, you know, and, and I had patience to deal with everybody's mom and grandma. And I had a blast because, you know, I, I made it fun. Well, yeah. And like, even now during the, well, we're still in it, I guess, but earlier in the pandemic, when in the U.S., I mean, a lot of countries don't have the vaccine even distributed yet. But I know my mom's not really what I'd call old at all. I mean, she's still in her 60s, but she had to figure out how to book her vaccine. And it required her going to the county website, then going to like, I think, 10 different pharmacy websites and trying everywhere. And then my dad's 82 And he's not going to do this. He has no patience. So she had to do it for him. And it took her four hours one day just to book an appointment. Right. And I can't. And that that was someone who, you know, we spent enough time together where she has a lot of skills and knows what to do Mm -hmm. and figures it out. But I can't imagine if my dad had tried to do it or even he probably would have figured it out. You know what I mean? It's just too much. I mean, there's such a reliance on technology, even if you're older, even if you don't want it, you know, that you have to have it. Right. Right. And they had technology. I mean, then there's, you know, areas that people don't even have, they didn't have access mm-hmm. to, you know, a computer or, or, or a smartphone or an iPad. I mean, that's what, that's where the inequities are happening here yeah, in yeah. the United States. Like, if you are blessed enough to have these devices, then you're going to be okay, because somebody yeah. can help you. So entrepreneurism is very challenging. One of the reasons why I'm making a shift is I was lonely. Mm. I really, I really missed collaborating with the team, which is one of the things I love about school, you know, because it was just me uh, as a solo entrepreneur and I didn't have enough business to hire anybody. Before the pandemic, I was going in and meeting with students and clients and that was great, but everything else, you're there's no one to kick around an idea or walk over to a cubicle or call and say, what do you think? 
I mean, yeah. I had, I had mentors, I had coffees with people, but mm-hmm. I really missed the collaboration of, of working on a team or leading a team and being in a group. That's one of the things I identified of, you know, what, what do I want in chapter three? So in deciding now to move on and to move into the next thing, which is get education and then make now your own path, like how, what's the decision process from you? You talked about already, like one thing is working with people, but I think one thing that is probably just interesting to people is just how do you decide and then how do you make the move? Cause that's really, that's hard. Those are both the hard parts. Yeah. So that's a great question and it is hard and I feel like this is the first time in my life that I'm actually taking time to think about it, research it, and network in a way that I don't have to make a decision right now. Mm-hmm. You know, for for all of my life, I kind of just did the next thing. Like, you know, graduated college, I got a job. Mm-hmm. I was dating a nice boy and I got married. And we then bought a house and it just, I won't say it was mindless, but it was just sort of, okay, it's the next thing that we should do. Mm -hmm. The first time in my life, I'm able to kind of take a breath and and look backwards and say, okay, here's the skill set that you had. Where do you want to go with this? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone asked me right now, like, what do you want to do? I don't know yet. I'm still trying to put together the pieces of my puzzle to sell my package to someone. You Mm -hmm. know, I know I want to lead. I know I want to teach. I want to inspire. And it's leaning towards women in tech. It's leaning globally, but it's like one of these things that I haven't fully formulated yet. And I'm giving myself some time as I'm in school that I, I have faith that it's going to come. I think that's when, too, the whole idea that it's easier to find a job when you have a job kind of thing because you can keep <laughs> doing what you're doing. Right. And that's something I've faced quite a bit is just I'm I have a job that I'm fine at. Right. Like I do a, good job. Have a job that you're awesome at. Yeah. But, you know, like so I have that. So then it's allowing me the space to do other things that really interest me. Right. Over time and to find what's what will ultimately be the thing. And I think that that's something people lose sight of is that like not, it's not permanent. So the job you're in is not permanent or the job you're in may not, maybe the right place, but not the right job or something like that. Or, or you need to find things outside of work to do. But one aspect I like is that you're taking the time to think about what it is and not feeling stuck in what you are currently doing and did you feel that way what was the total catalyst did you ever feel stuck or yeah it's funny you should say that because I most certainly felt stuck before the pandemic I was I knew I needed a change but I was sort of all over the place and I kept on saying to my family this isn't working I don't know what it is and you know I this pandemic was horrible for many people passed away and, you know, we lost people. The economy was horrible and it had a a lot of bad things happen, but Mm -hmm. 
I also think that it gave us the gift of slowing down. Mm -hmm. And I had the ability to where I live, I was able to walk in the woods and get into nature and get quiet, which is something that I hadn't been doing. And when you get quiet, miraculously, things pop in your head and you're like, oh, so it's funny that you say like, I, I, I did feel trapped. I felt like I had no options and we all have options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even when we feel stuck, sometimes we're in our own head and you just have to kind of step into the balcony as we learned (laughs) and kind of just look at the big picture and go, Oh, I'm really not stuck. I do have an option here. So it, to me, I found a lot of gifts of getting quiet and, and making this pivot. It, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be, it's going to change my life. Well, for sure. And I think too, being able to focus on the fact that you have skills that you can transfer elsewhere and you don't know where, because this is all like a lot of this. And one reason I talked to you is because it's similar to why I started the podcast. It's like, I saw so many friends lose their job or leave for whatever reason. I mean, companies just change over time and have no confidence. They would come out of the job that they were great at and that they were at for years and think they didn't have the ability to get another job. Yeah. why? And it was insane. Why do we do that to ourselves? I mean, you, you and I were just, you know, talking about that earlier. It's like, I see you as this phenomenal person. We first started talking. I mean, you're you're doing stand up. You started a podcast. You have your you have your regular gig, and and still, when I hear when I talk to you, you're like, yeah, well, I have this job, and I just think you're fabulous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, we see we see this other person. It's almost like I wish we could all put our friends' eyes on ourselves when we try to go out into the yeah. world. And that's, that is going to be the biggest thing for me is to sell myself because I think we have, I, I know I have a hard time selling myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's going to yeah. probably be my biggest obstacle. Yeah, for sure. Especially changing career paths. But I think it's good to just to know you have a skill set and to be confident in that. So you're thinking about though working in public policy in that realm. And mm-hmm. so like me, I wrote a blog post on how I decided to go back to school. And and so for me, it was a decision that involved time. What time do I have and location? I needed it to be remote. I wasn't going to be going to a campus because I don't want to be tied to a certain city or location. And right. then for me, it was also money. And like, what can I just pay for? And those were the decisions the way I did it. And then the other question was like, even if this does nothing for my career, is it okay with me? So what went into your decision to go and how did you decide? Because we have two different lives. I'm, you know, single. Yeah, basically on my own, right? So it's just me. And then you have a family. So it's like a little bit different. It's two different views of how to go about it. Yep. It was different, but the criteria was very similar because first of all, you know, I had to get out of my own head and stop the, I can't go back to school after 30 years. (laughs) You know, and the first week of classes was really totally in my head. Like I, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I, I can't read this. This is Harvard. I can't. What is Canvas? I don't know. Like to the point that my kids were saying, "Mom, you're tech savvy for crying out loud. Figure it out." I'm like, 
You're right. Even just the text was, I, I felt like I was illiterate, to be honest with you. <laughs> we speak English. This is an international yeah. program. Yeah. So once I got out of my own head, but the, the to go back to your question, the requirements were kind of similar. I, I wanted something that was, I was going to need to commit to, but not so horribly commit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of like I needed something to dip my toe in. It was a very good cost. It was in my budget because I was t- yeah. I was gonna take my money out of my company because I call it now leadership and development training. I, I didn't want to go anywhere. I mean, the fact that we could take yeah. this course online is awesome. And I knew after you know listening, it was going to give me that international flair that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was hopefully going to meet people that do cool things. And mm-hmm. it, it's filled all the bills, man. And yeah. so even though we're in two separate realms, mm-hmm. it, a lot of the things were the same. Which is, I mean, it, it's good. And I think, yeah, we've met a lot of interesting people for sure through it and learn how to work with people again. I mean, in a different way, like doing assignments together and things like that, which is really something, you know, like right. how to work with adults. In different, in different time zones and in different countries. I mean, in my past group, we had two individuals from India and mm-hmm. they're not in our group anymore, but I reached out to them a couple of weeks ago, just checking on them. I mean, we're all connected, man. I mean, that's the whole thing about, this is one of the other reasons why I want to go into public policy is we're, I, we got to, realize this is we're all one humans that's it mm-hmm. one humans one planet you know we're all all humans on one planet so yeah. we gotta focus we gotta we gotta treat each other nicer and you know i don't mean to be all kumbaya but i mean <laughs> what lessons do we learn from this pandemic man we gotta we gotta work together a little bit better well yeah and it's a little weird if you'd come on this kind of podcast and start talking about how we need to fight with people <laughs> like i recommend (laughs) i'm trying to go into a career where i'll fight with a lot of people or something you know that's not really a value that's probably the best like my core value is conflict or something you know yeah yeah. no (laughs) there are there are things worth standing up for but there's no no fighting necessary Mm -mm. no i agree so can you talk a little bit about some of the stuff you did recently that's outside of your job like you is somewhat recently now like the women's march the work you did with that right yeah so that was that was pretty fantastic so the first women's march that happened in new york city i just marched in and that was fantastic mm-hmm. that was right after trump got in office and it was a worldwide <laughs> i wish the listeners could see what face I wish did. <laughs> i wish i did video no, I just, I just, I actually, so I did a face that people who heard the Mother's Day episode yeah, heard my sister describe my mom trying not to laugh and then she does it and I did it. And so I guess <laughs> I am like my mom and sister, but anyway, sorry to interrupt. So anyway, that was a pretty powerful day and I saw how I had never been to a protest. I had never taken to the streets. I'd never made a sign. You know, my activism was more of showing up at town meetings or volunteering for a board. So this was powerful. And then I got involved in an art project in conjunction with the Women's March that was done the next year called Eyes of the World, 
which is still going on. It was a mosaic art project. It's actually the finished product is actually in New York City. It's hanging in the School of Dentistry. And then the third year, I started talking with Catherine Simienko, who is the president of the Women's March Alliance, and her volunteer pool had dwindled significantly. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I have some time. What do you need? And it went from helping with social media to actually co-chairing the whole march. So I had multiple hats. And again, it was just a real powerful experience for me. Like, I could do this stuff. I increased the fundraising in different ways. I did social media. I organized the day of the march. You know, we helped with the art project that was in coordination. So we got sponsors. So it was just really powerful. And again, it was just like, this was the advocacy. This is really cool. This, this resonates, you know, this, that really resonated. And and another cool project that I did a couple years before, and which is where we met, I met our friend Paul DiGregorio was a Facebook live fundraiser called Stand for Rights for the ACLU. That was Mm -hmm. That raised like $650,000 for the ACLU. Tom Hanks was the the host. Tina mm-hmm. Fey was there. And it was just like, you'll, you'll know this because you're in the United States, the Jerry Lewis telethon, you know, the yeah. telethon. Yeah. So that's what it was like. It was like, a, it was like a Facebook Live Labor Day telethon for the ACLU. And yeah. stars did different skits. It was fantastic. Yeah, and like here, I think it'd be like Red Nose Day. Red like Nose Day. Red Nose yeah. Day, right? Where they the people do like funny skits and stuff to raise money, I think for kids here. Yes, yes. It's just like Red Nose Day, yes. And that was really cool because it was it was live. So it was like Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live. Yeah, and yeah. And the energy, I mean, and I'm not going to lie, hanging around Tom Hanks, you know, seeing him in the hallway. It's oh, did really you meet cool. him? I d- meet I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> so you're able to talk. We were I don't think I don't think I could talk if I saw him. No? He's I don't really think so. Great. He's a great because guy. Because I'd be like, I, I always refer to him as America's sweetheart. I think he is. And He's a great guy. I don't know. I'd probably freak out, like faint or something. I did I, see John Hamm once, though, and I didn't faint. So I think that actually means that I could probably talk to Tom Hanks. But anyway. Well if anyone well, if anyone knows Tom Hanks that's listening, please let yeah. him know I'd faint if I saw him. Yeah. Yes, Tom Hanks, please come I you know, he is more than work too. He does huge advocacy. I mean, think of that. Like he's an actor yeah. and more mm-hmm. than work. And he's got yeah. like a typewriter obsession too, so you could talk to him about that. Yeah, exactly. So There's I don't so know, maybe I'll see. I'll see if I know any people. We'll we'll get him on. <laughs> yeah, get Tom Hanks. But yeah, oh, so that's really cool. So I mean, I I think that what I, my observation of you is that like you just are willing to try and say yes. And I mean, do you feel like that's the thing that's led you to do these like pretty cool things, like to to be on a, the chair of like the Women's March, or not the chair, but like help chair the event and then get involved in this other event? I think. Yeah, I I think I just enjoy, there's two things. One, when I see a cause, you know, you know, this Women's March, which I felt very strongly about 
continuing happening. It's one thing. And then when I get talking to people and meeting people, like it just kind of flows. Like I, I, I come up with ideas and I'm like, Oh, I, I can help you with that. Like it just, yeah. So I guess there is mm-hmm. just a willingness to just get in there and, and do it. And why not, man, it's better than sitting on your ass. Like mm-hmm. that's literally the reason why, like, I just can't sit on my ass. We're allowed to say ass, right? Yeah. Yep. I just have a box I check that we're explicit. Now we can say anything. If you want to psychoanalyze, I'm a fixer. I visualize the world being a little bit better. And I feel if you want to talk about purpose, like I have the capacity and the skill set and the love for humanity to want to try and make it better. And everybody has that. Why not you? Like, I mean, if you're looking at something, anybody who's listening out there, if you're looking at something and you're like, well, I, I could do a better job of it. If you're not, why not? Yeah, I agree. And I mean, this week, well, we're recording this, but this will be out in a few weeks. But the week that we're recording this is my guest was Travis Nass. And so if people haven't heard that episode, they should listen to it. But he started volunteering for Planned Parenthood as an escort because he just got tired of being against things. And he wanted to support the things he was for. And so that's something, a cause that he is very passionate about. And so he went and started helping them. And so, and he helps, he does a lot in hospitality, but he, he goes and joins the bartenders guild, the U S bartenders guild. And he founded a nonprofit, but he found things and he said, he got tired of protesting things he was against and wanted to do things that he was for. And I thought that was an amazing attitude. And I think, the thing is not everyone's going to co-chair an event or not everyone's going to found a nonprofit, but you can just go and volunteer. Right. You and just do a small thing, say hi to someone, whatever it is. Like right. it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be huge because we're all leaders, big L little L. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like one small thing vote. We just, found out voting is so important. Mm-hmm. One small thing, help your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, check in on a neighbor. I mean, it's simple little things. Connect with someone, smile at yeah. someone, keep the door open. Like you don't have to save the world today. You just, like mm-hmm. you said, do one small thing. I mean, and kudos to Travis for, and I agree with him. Like after the last women's March, I'm like, I'm not marching anymore. I'm either running for something or I'm doing like, I finished mm-hmm. March and I said, I like, I can't March. Mm-hmm. I'm done marching. I, 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 I'm going to run something. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I agree. And I think that's really cool. So is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? Well, you know, I could talk to you for hours, but you got to get to bed. <laughs> no, no, not yet. I don't need to get to bed, but <laughs> we have a time. We have a time zone difference happening here. No, yeah. I mean this was great. You know, you know, I'm a fan of More Than Work podcast. I think it's great. I think you're doing great stuff. I, I can't wait to finally listen to your stand up. I'm excited for that too. And yeah, no, I'm I'm just excited for the journey. And I'm so, I feel very blessed that I met you early on in my journey and, and, you know, we're going to see where this goes, man. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, you come back when you've 
founded what you founded or you're doing what you're doing. So before we get to my fun five questions that I ask every guest, we've kind of discussed them at the end, I guess, anyway, recently, like recently in this conversation, I mean, but do you have any advice or mantra that you'd like to share with people that you? Wow. I think just, I think the best advice I could give people is to, you know, love one another. And when you feel like you're getting all hot and bothered, take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know, just do your best to love one another and, you know, take a breath. Cause we're going to, if you just take a breath, it's probably going to like bring you down to reality of, of, is it worth it? I mean, we've mm-hmm. all been through a lot, you know, be yeah. kind, be kind to yourself and be kind to each other. We've been through a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. In the last little while. So, okay. So here's the fun five. I know you've heard other people's answers, so yes. you're probably yeah. one of the more prepared people. I know what I know when people haven't listened to the podcast because they they get super stumped, and I'm like, oh, you haven't listened. I know it. What's the oldest T-shirt you have and still wear? The oldest T-shirt. Well, you know, I did do a purge during the pandemic, but I did keep this one. So in 2013, I f- just did a crazy thing, and I trained for a triathlon, a sprint triathlon. Mm. So, and I didn't die. I'm here to tell you that I did not one, but two. So I have my Gursky sprint triathlon t-shirt. So that's, that's awesome. So yeah. now you don't, are you going to ever do one of those again? Or was that was enough? You know, I'm not, I'm never going to say never. Right. I still, I still love to swim and ride my bike running. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, never I ran, I never, I ran for the train yesterday and it was awful. <laughs> Plus I was wearing a mask. So I no, I agree that. with you on the running. Yeah, I do it. And I, I'm, and I have been running because it's, I, I want to be outside, but I'm not a natural and, mm-hmm. and I can swim for days and I could ride my bike like a five-year-old man. I'm all over town, but that run. Mm. So yeah. I'll never say never, but no time soon. <laughs> fair enough all right it has seemed like groundhog's day until very recently mm-hmm. because we were just doing the same thing over and over every day so what song would you have your alarm clock set set to play every morning if it was really Groundhog? i'm gonna say pink rock star you know yeah yeah that's great yeah yeah pink's so cool i was just listening to her live album on spotify oh i didn't um, know she's got a new yeah. song does she? All right. Yeah. Cause my friend I saw loves pink and cause we were talking about like our favorite music and hers is pink. And so I just was like, Oh, I haven't listened to pink in a while. So I checked out, she has a live album on, I don't even know if it's new. It's just on Spotify though. It's pretty cool. Talk about a rebel badass. I mean, I saw her in concert a few times. What a show, man. And I yeah. was in the pit. I actually, Oh wow. I shook her hand. Oh, cool. Oh, she's amazing. Ah, that's awesome. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's a song to wake up to. All right. Important. Very important. Coffee or tea or neither? So I'm probably, I don't know how many people have had this answer. I have to say both. Mm -hmm. Morning, I wake up, I have one cup of coffee with a sprinkle of cinnamon. And then later in the afternoon, I drink tea all afternoon into the night. Yeah. And do green tea, herbal teas depending on my mood. 
Right. Yeah. No, Ooh. and I, I have tea when I do the pod because it keeps my throat like warm, I guess. Well, not that I'm singing on the podcast, but it just helps. But yeah, I always like to do tea. Plus, I'm usually doing this like later at night. And so when right. I have coffee too late, I'm up to 4 a.m. But yeah, that's good. So I'm um, tea, but it's not a proper English tea. So for your, you know, UK folks, I, I'm sorry. It's I, it's not. I, I apologize. No, I would never make tea in front of in front of a British person right now. There's no way. The way I do it, they'd be upset. Um, I'd probably get de- deported. So can you think of a time like you laughed so hard you cried and just couldn't stop or something that just cracks you up if you think about it? I would say usually uh, when I am with my extended family, I have a, I have great cousins. <laughs> I have awesome cousins like on both sides I just think my my cousins are just hilarious so when we don't get together a lot we usually have in the past we used to have this thing called crab fest and I'm hoping we can do this again I just we just laugh because we're just goofy and and fun and ridiculous and somebody's always got a story so I would say when I'm with my when I'm with my cousins nice yeah a lot of people have it just when they're with other people i mean i know me and my sister are like that too we'll just start cracking up so it's nice pretty goofy <laughs> yeah yeah it's good all right and i tell a funny story so yeah so you you're like the one who's telling the funny story uh um, yeah As <laughs> I, you, I have to i i i'm working on my solid five nice <laughs> cool all right and who inspires you right now uh, I'm going to say the, the, there's, there's two people who got me through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown is one of them. And mm-hmm. I think that's how yeah. we actually connected was I put something about her. I call her Saint mm-hmm. Brene. Um, <laughs> her two podcasts, you know, she started with unlocking us and yeah. then uh, dare to lead. I just think she's got so much good stuff to say and she's a gift. She just really helped me. And Dan Harris. Oh, yeah. I actually saw him right before the pandemic. He was at the 92nd Street Y with Dr. Mark Hyman. And they, Hyman has a new, had a new book out. And he did like a meet and greet. And uh, he's just a great guy. He just, I, I love his takes on meditation and happiness. Mm-hmm. And, and he's just really fun to listen to. So I think those are two inspirational, personally inspirational people right now. Awesome. Well, that, that's great. Yeah. And Dan Harris has what? It's the 10% happier podcast or something like that. Yeah. He's got yeah. an app and he's okay. still doing it. Yeah. And you talk about something, somebody who's doing more than work. Like he's a journalist and mm-hmm. you know, he had a life quake and started meditating and it turned into a book and then a, a podcast and an app. And he's, I mean, he's really helping yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. He's really great. I'm a big ABC fan. So it was like, definitely know him all right cool well if is there anywhere people should look for you if they want to contact you or reach out or just know more about you i think linkedin is probably the best place to find okay. me these days cool yeah all yeah. right so i'll link i'll link your linkedin in the show notes that was harder to yeah, say than yeah. i planned cool well thanks so much donna it was really nice to chat with you and thanks just for sharing about where you've gone and and just kind of how you're deciding where to go that's really great thank you thank you this has been awesome
and keep doing great work. I'm so excited for all the stuff. And, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the podcast for the summer. I have to catch up. Yeah. And everyone else catch up. (laughs) Everybody else catch up. Yep. Thanks again for listening this week. You can find out more about the guest in the show notes and at RobbieAssad.com. Joe Mafia created the music just for this podcast. Find him on Spotify. That's Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. And Rob Metke is responsible for our visual design. You can find him online by searching for Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Thanks, Rob. Let me know who you'd like to hear from or about your own experiences defining yourself outside of work. Follow at More Than Work Pod or send a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Or visit our website, morethanworkpod.com. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review if you like. Thanks for listening to More Than Work. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.